This is High Tech Audio for Authors podcast here. I'm Bradley Charbonneau. I have M.K. Williams with me, and we were just talking offline about libraries and audiobooks in libraries and how that is kind of a, I mean, I think it's a secret weapon. I think a lot of people don't know about it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today and how to get your audiobooks into libraries and kind of what that means. And there are some sort of not tricks, but some techniques to make it happen that are not all that straightforward. And I'm looking for I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective on it to to see what your experience with libraries is and um, we can share notes. So can you give a quick introduction as to who you are and your sort of your writer life, your writer experience, but also because you're a writer narrator and I don't find too many of us around. And so I'm looking forward to your writer narrator experience as well. So you want to give a quick intro of, of you? Of course. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm MK Williams. I am the author of five books and I am also an independent publisher. So I help other people who want to self-publish their books, understand the landscape um, and make sure that it actually becomes a reality. So I've taken my experience and I've helped others with that. Um, I am an avid library patron myself. I enjoy listening to audio from the library and as somebody who loves to read books and loves to consume them in the way that will get me the library book the fastest <laughs> is what I say my strategy is. If it's a paperback, if it's an audiobook, if it's an ebook, if it's the large print paperback, um, whichever one has the shortest line in the library, that's the, the format I'm gonna go with to get the book. So I've always really enjoyed uh, that access from the library. And as I've been working on my own audiobooks for my books, the first two I worked with professional narrators and for ease of use, I just went through ACX, Amazon, um, and that seemed to just work at the time. But as I started to really learn more about the limitations and I realized, well, my eBooks and my print books are doing well at libraries, but I can't get my audiobooks into libraries through ACX. I really took the journey to understand how I could get my next audiobook out that way. And at the same time, I was like, you know what? I want to really understand the nuts and bolts of what goes on with audio. So I was like, I'm going to narrate my next audiobook and put it out through Findaway as well and get it into libraries and do the whole thing. So that is definitely uh, a very quick summary of my multi-year journey to where I am now. <laughs> okay. You said so many things in there that I wanted to interrupt you, but I wanted to let you go because, I mean, for example, you said, um, so I decided to record my own audiobooks. I'm like, okay, okay, stop right there because you and I have both recorded audio and you and I both even help people to record their own audiobooks. And so... We both know, and I'm just saying, I'm putting this out there for a little reality check, but this is one of those things where it's hard. It, I don't know how else to put it. it. Recording audiobooks is not a piece of cake. There's a lot of technical stuff, and I'm super impressed that you did it and, and like live to tell about it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a few times I was like, nope, abort mission. Uh, don't want to do this anymore. But it was a good learning opportunity. It gave me a really profound appreciation for the narrators that I worked with. I already knew that they were doing a lot of work. Right. I knew that they were putting a lot of effort in because audiobook narrators, at least the ones that I've worked with, they had to narrate and edit and then send me the polished uh, files. They weren't just narrating it like, here, you figure it out. Okay. They did everything. They were the, the the voice talent. They were the sound engineer. 
So becoming that for myself is more than just being the narrator, right? It's right. You're, you're the vocal talent. You have to take care of your vocal cords. You have to rehearse and practice. Oh, and then you have to make sure the sound is correct. So there, there were a lot of factors. I am somebody who really enjoys the learning process. Um, I'm a lifelong learner. So uh, it was a good way for me to get that experiential learning of just getting my hands in there, trying it. It was very difficult and time consuming, but I had heard that from people going in. So I, I kind of knew that I was in for quite a uh, experience and I, I'm glad I did it. I really enjoyed it. It helped me reconnect to a book um, where I'm going to be releasing the sequel later. So that was a good way to go through that. There were multiple reasons to do it other than, oh, I just felt like doing it. Right. Uh, but it was, it was a great experience. I think I would like to do more, um, but I think I just want to do my books. I don't know if I want to narrate other people's books. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's too much. <laughs> I've had that same question because I thought, I, I really enjoy it as well. And now, I mean, it's one of those things, like once you get the technology down, like, okay, okay, it's a total pain, but I get it now. And at least you know what you're up against and I have tricks and stuff now to make it faster, but you, but you did it. And so, okay, we're, we're not going to have a discussion about the technical nightmares of audiobooks here, <laughs> scare people away too much. But what I think is so exciting about what stuff you said was libraries. And so yes. you said also, you said that ACX does not get you into libraries. Is that, do you know if that's still the case? They, they I don't? believe so. I yeah, think I so an individual librarian could decide we're getting demand for this book and they could okay. go outside of their regular procurement cycle to purchase it. Oh, However, okay. that's not going to be the, the norm at right. all. Um, like I've had librarians who've gone outside of the procurement cycle to purchase some of my paperbacks that were only available through um, KDP print. At yeah. the time and that was great that was a wonderful surprise but the majority of them want to go through their regular procurement process or they're told that they have to and that is going through okay. overdrive um, or some of these other services and that's probably good right i mean they're operating off of tax dollars they have to have they have a strict budget they have to stick to it and they have processes for that to make sure their budget is kept um, but it's understanding the needs of the library as an author and then saying okay well then how do i make it easier for the librarian to say yes make that purchase okay so it could even be a case where the library is not even allowed to get it if it's only with acx mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So I, I just for the record, I'm a total find a way guy. I love find a way voices. And I am all about going wide with audio. So yeah. it's going to take quite some convincing to make me go exclusive with ACX. And, yeah. and for those of you who don't know if I have too many letters going on here, uh, ACX is, is audible. I think it's like our something creation exchange or whatever. And so what that is, is you're saying it, they have an exclusive contract and the advantage or the big advantage it going with ACX is you get 40% royalties. Whereas if you go non-exclusive, meaning you can be at Amazon and Audible, and I think it's also iTunes and something else. I can't remember. But if you are not exclusive, then you can go to every other audiobook retailer in the world, but then you're only getting 25% from Audible. So there's, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of numbers going on there, but basically, you know, you're, you're worse off in the Audible royalties down to 25% if you go non-exclusive with them. However, what we're just talking about is libraries. And mm -hmm. so in case this isn't clear, let, let's just walk through it 
super clearly about how it works once you're available to the libraries because available to the libraries is is sort of like having your your paperbacks and your hardcovers available to bookstores that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. the bookstore is going to carry it necessarily and as an independent author independent publisher and it's definitely not the case that a bookstore is just going to carry it uh, out of the blue without you being some big name they need a reason and the reason might even be just asking them hi dear bookstore could you carry my book here's my book and if you have a compelling story, great. So with libraries, it's actually a little easier. And, and MK, let me know if you have a different take on this. But here's my quick idea of how I believe it works. So you publish your audiobook through something like Find Away Voices, meaning it's wide, meaning it's with every retailer like on the planet, it seems. <laughs> and it's available to the library. So then what happens is that, yes, it's available to the library, but the library doesn't necessarily know to get that audiobook. And of course, you could also apply this to ebooks and paperbacks, but let's just focus on audiobooks for now. So then it is as simple as this, at least this is in my experience. Uh, you can go down to your local library or call them, or there's sometimes online forums for, I mean, I even tested this with a library. I no longer live in the States, but I still have my library account in San Francisco. I go into the San Francisco library system. I log in. And I think it was either San Francisco or LA. And I say, uh, I do a search for a book and it doesn't have it. But then sometimes it would say, oh, here's the book you're talking about. Of course, I'm looking for my own book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, the, here's the book you're looking for, but we don't have that book, which I thought was kind of odd. I'm like, well, wait a minute, you don't have it, but you're showing me that there's access to it. And all I had to do was say, hi, dear library. It's like click. It's request this audiobook, please, mm-hmm. for that. So the library carries it. And then after some time, or, and I don't know if it's just one request. Is my request enough? Do I need you know, 47 people or two or a thousand? I don't know. And then the library, if they have the budget, if they, I don't know how that process all works, but at some point or another, they may or may not then decide to carry that book. So that's that part, which is in a whole discussion in itself. And then the next part is that where it is super cool is that I can then say, let's say San Francisco Library carries my book. I can then tell my San Francisco readers, listeners, hey, you can get my audiobook for free at the San Francisco, through the San Francisco library system, meaning, you know, d- downloadable or, or using an app like Overdrive or whatever app, Libby, Libby or Overdrive, to which connects with their library systems, and you can get your audiobooks through Overdrive from your local library. And so then, guess what? You just got my audiobook for free, meaning you didn't pay anything because it's just a borrow from your library account. You need a library account, of course. And then the cool part, as an author, here, you know, we're on the audio for authors, after all. As an author, I get paid. Each, it depends on the library, but I get paid for each uh, download or borrow from the library. So library pays for that uh, luxury. They pay for that transaction. I don't know if they pay every single time. I don't know how that part works. All I know is that I get paid every time and the borrower gets my book for free. So it's like Mm -hmm. win, win, win as far as I see it. Okay, I'm done. That was my my process (laughs) of how I think it works. MK, what do you think or what's your take on like yeah. how this all works. So there's there's two payment methods that I've seen commonly. One you mentioned is every time a library patron 
downloads your audiobook that there is a uh, fee for that. So that's one model. Another is that you would just be okay. paid an annual licensing fee. So you might come out ahead with one or the other. It depends on the, the library system and maybe the demand of books. Maybe they think we only want to pay this person for how many people download it because we have a lot of demand for audiobooks and we don't want to pay the annual license for all of them. It really depends on their own individual system, but it's important to know that there are different payment systems out there for libraries. And we certainly want to make sure that this is advantageous for the library, right? That they're getting people to come in and support them. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I really, really like about this option is that it's all just part of your organic marketing. Um, you know, when I go out and I talk to people and I say, oh, you know, I'm a writer, I have books. And they say, well, where can I get them? And I say, anywhere books are sold or your library. That's the first mm. thing I say. Um, I could just say, oh, it's on Amazon because it is. And I know that right. the majority of people are probably going to go there. However, right. I, I've started to notice the trend that I'm getting more sales for my eBooks and my paperbacks off of Amazon. Um, I have clients that I've worked with where they were able to get the audio. Sorry, you say up. off of Amazon. You mean not in Amazon? Not with Amazon. Okay, yeah. Okay. I when my last book released, I actually had somebody ask me, "Where can I get your book that's not on Amazon?" Whoa. They intentionally did not want to put their money there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm available everywhere. Like, go to Google, right. go to Barnes and Noble." Um, and so for the audiobooks, I've noticed with one of my clients where we put the audiobook out, it took longer to get approved through um, ACX than it did through Findaway. Huh. And they've done even business between the two. I mean, we didn't even tell people it was out yet through Findaway and all of their vendors because we were waiting for it's available everywhere. Right. Um, and we already got hundreds of sales. So it was wow. so exciting just to see that as we're telling people the book's available, they were looking at their library for it. They wanted it from their library. And then when they went to search on the library and it was finally, oh, audio book is an option that those purchases were coming through. So it's, yeah, it's that passive marketing of I'm available everywhere and at libraries. And wow. then I think people understand that maybe their library doesn't stock everything if they're regular library patrons. And so m most of the power users for the library, which are people that I know, they, they'll yeah. go and they'll make the request. They're like, okay, yep, download it for me as soon as it's available. Um, wow. So it's I, I wouldn't have thought in the past, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I said, oh, library doesn't have it. Oh, oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can just ask the library. Hi, hi, library. Could you get, you know, every single day by Bradley Charbonneau, please? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you can make that ask. And my local library system, I'm lucky they have a local author program. So I submit and I say, I'm a local author, please purchase my book. And they say, well, which version would you like us to buy? Um, I like it when they get the paperback because then they put the little sticker on the side that says local author. And oh, no way. Like, oh, that's our library so cool. is so great here. Yeah, yeah. We we really have a great library system. Um, but when it comes to, you know, friends of mine that I have, they'll say, okay, well, I, you know, want a book. And then they'll pick which format and then I'll get the sale off of that. So for me, as long as people are reading the book and liking it and I'm getting paid, I'm good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Wow. Hey, do you know how long it takes by any, by any, just like from your experience? So you submit mm -hmm. to find a way and then, so let's say find a way says it's ready. Then it doesn't mean it's in the library, of course. Right. So, no. you know, how, have you have any idea how long that might take? I think it depends on the library system. Mm, yeah. I have a feeling that um, towards the end of the year or towards the end of a given quarter, things probably slow down. I, I've noticed it anecdotally and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's library budgets are kind of capped by quarter or oh, by year. Right. Um, and I think that's just my like anecdotal data in my mind. I don't have any 
hard data to support that. Okay. Um, but I, I've noticed, especially the libraries that do the payment per download, um, those are coming in fast and furious because they can, they're not limited to, well, we only have one license. Oh, this person right. has it out for three weeks. So I have noticed that those come in quicker versus the word like the single license. You know, that's an interesting topic because that's something I also never really understood. So I guess it's about license because I always thought, well, what's the big deal? It's just a digital file. Just give, you know, give away as many as you can. But so do you think that the library just has you know, X number of digital licenses for, you know, for ABC audiobook? And so they have three, let's say, and then they get three borrows. So then they, they can't lend it out anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I always thought that was weird. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I just think it's a digital file. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. But I guess yeah. we're talking licenses and mm -hmm. the library only has so many. And, oh, those are borrowed right now. Okay. I get it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if mm -hmm. they have a say or wonder if they say, wow, that book's really popular. Or their, their algorithms say, well, that book's really popular. Maybe we should get more licenses. I have no idea how that yeah. works. Yeah. And I, I have a, a feeling that if they saw it was really popular, they would want to do the annual license versus the paper model because, you know, if it's going to be checked out hundreds of times in the year, they might do better financially getting a year long license versus paying for every download. But would the year long license allow them to, to share, to lend it 42 times at once? Or do you know? I don't think so. I think that's where it's the one license. So if somebody okay, is using it, they have to check it back in. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you really do that. know a lot about libraries. It's really cool. <laughs> I love the library. That was wow. one of the driving forces in my publishing strategy that, you know, I have other friends who are authors and they are Amazon only. And they're like, well, why aren't you doing this discount and this promotion and all these things that you can only do through Kindle Unlimited? And I uh -huh. said, well, I'm not exclusive with Amazon. Like that would be wow. like a decade ago if I said, oh, I'm exclusive with Borders. Isn't it so great? Like, right, no. Right. <laughs> um, wow. That's a really know. a refreshing perspective you have. I mean, this, this yeah. library opens up. I mean, I, I just came from 20 Books Conference. We were just talking about that briefly, 20 Books Las Vegas. And, you know, there are some serious authors there who are really just, making a killing and selling loads of books and stuff. And there was not a ton of talk about libraries, but, but maybe, I don't know. I think it's a bit of an interesting and potentially untapped market. And now there's this news with, I don't know all the details, but there's current news with like the publishers, something mm -hmm. they um, limited library or later mm -hmm. library uh, uh, where they give the, li give the version of the book later to the libraries mm -hmm. or something like that. Cause I think they're just, they want the profits earlier yeah. from the sales. Is that what it is? That's my understanding. I believe it's with Macmillan and I wouldn't be surprised if some of the other publishers followed, but they're mandating that they will not allow their books to be in libraries for a given amount of time because they believe that it is cannibalizing the profits, mm. which yes, libraries are important, but if you consider the amount of the general public that would go to the library right. to do that, it that's not what's hurting your profits, Macmillan. <laughs> the demands right. from large online retailers who offer free shipping on everything and want to yeah. drive to the lowest price that big conglomerate is hurting your profits not yeah. libraries um, but they have they're kind of being strong-armed by some of these other companies to offer larger wholesale discounts while offering it at a lower retail price that's the problem that they're having okay. with their profits but they're it's easy for them to say well we're just going to delay getting it to libraries 
and villainizing mm-hmm. libraries. And most authors are like, I want my books in the library. Like I love the library. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see if this actually has any impact for them. That's positive. Cause I have heard of a lot of people saying that they are intentionally not going to read those books, but I don't know about you. I don't check for who the publisher is when right. I'm looking at a book. If I want to read right. a book, I want to read the book. So right. it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I mean, you just said villainizing libraries. It's like, it's like the evil. It's like, <laughs> it's like trying to villainize your grandmother who bakes you like soft baked chocolate chip cookies. Like you can't do it. <laughs> She's sweet. No nice old lady. It's like all good. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's, not, about, it's not a good look for Macmillan. No, no. I was just thinking my, my mom is an avid library patron. And one reason she goes to the library is that it's not even financial. She just doesn't want to have more books in her house. No, she doesn't want to buy them. She wants to borrow them and give them back. Yeah. And she also does, she'll do a lot of download onto the Kindle. And um, she's not a huge audiobook fan like I am, but I've told her and she, and she, and she's techie enough. She, she knows overdrive and she's got the audiobooks and overdrive. So she'll do it too. But she's a huge, I mean, she has her, she just moved and she has her old library account. She has her new library account. Just checks out whatever one's got it. And, and just like you said, that's, just the fastest, whichever one's available first. Give me that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you're an avid reader, that's where you want to go. And I think, you know, this delay of not giving it to libraries for a year, well, sometimes the wait is a year for a book. So, you know, yeah. I'll see you when I see you. Like, I'm still going to get it through the library. Wow. Wow. Okay. I feel like we could talk about libraries and audiobooks forever here because you <laughs> and I just love both and all of the above topics. But <laughs> I want to stop here and I would love to invite you to come back on in like six months or something and see and see what's going on because you know a lot about libraries, you know a lot about audiobooks, and that's super cool to hear. And I think it's a bit of a well, a, a bit of a secret weapon that not everybody knows about or takes advantage of in in ways that you've talked about. So absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to come back and talk more about it. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be great. All right. What are we now? It's like end of 2019. Let's see what 2020 brings as far as libraries. See what, see what Macmillan does and see what the audiobooks Mm do and see a find a way. I'm just such a fan of find a way too. They just, Mm -hmm. they always just seem to have some, you know, you know, what's fun about their newsletters and their news items. It's like good news. <laughs> like I exactly. Get the, I get the email from Oh, yippee! There's some, probably some interesting good news in here. <laughs> We're getting higher rates, or we just opened a, you know, the new, the new. Uh, we have a new distribution system in Portugal. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> cool. Well, M. K. Williams, how can people find out more about you and your books? And you also offer publishing services. You said, and mm. even help with audiobook stuff. Where can people find you? So I am on the internet under one, the number one, mkwilliams.com. Social media, it's at one mkwilliams. If you Google mkwilliams, I now show up before it was an actor, Michael K. Williams, who would show up, who I look nothing like. But now I will show up if you Google mkwilliams. There is... For a while, I was saying, I'm one MK Williams because I'm the one MK Williams. There is another <laughs> MK Williams who's an author and he writes sci-fi, but he's a man. Okay. So okay. I, I'm the female MK Williams. <laughs> You're the one female the MK Williams. MK Williams, yeah. Awesome. Um, so you can find me anywhere if you'd like to read my books. Um, I'm on YouTube as well, giving out advice to aspiring authors, self-published authors as well. Okay. So all of the links are on my website. You can find me there. Okay. One MK Williams.com. Yep, that's it. Great. 
All right. Thanks so much. It's really been great talking with you. It's really fun talking audiobooks, and I love you know tons about libraries. I'm gonna, I, you know what? I'm gonna share this with Find Away Voices, and maybe we can get some feedback from them for any details we may have missed, or because uh, I met Find Away at Twenty Books Vegas, and I'm gonna see see if they want to listen to this and see if they have any any additional tips, or maybe they have some sort of fill in the blanks where you and I didn't know something exactly or see if they have an, an opinion or some other idea. But I know they're big yeah, on libraries too, because wow, it's such a neat market. Yeah, awesome, that would be great. Great. Okay, MK, great talking with you. Thanks so much for being on. Great, thanks for having me.